It's the after talk. After talk. It is the after What's talk. Up? I'm meeting after talk rolls. What's up? After talk rolls. It's the after talk, talk y'all. Talk. It's the after talk. <laughs> What's up, what's up, what's up? Hello, hello, and how are you doing? Welcome to Up With An Armor Presents, our meeting at the Crossroads Music Series, After Talk. Now, the After Talk is where we actually get a chance to go back a little bit and focus in on some of the interviews that we had early in the year with some of the artists. So sit back, relax, snap on the seatbelt, do whatever you gotta do, grab some popcorn, because we're about to get nitty gritty and get a little bit around the edges of things, if you know what I mean. Kwame Michael Remy was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. His passion for music and the arts began at the tender age of three. He is known for his soulful voice, range, and infectious energy. His vocal style is a bit of the old and new, blending funk, jazz, pop, and soul into a sound of his own. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, with the second episode, part one, though. Second episode, part one. Last week, we did a part one and part two of the first episode of the uh, After Talk. Once again, is a spin off of the our meeting at the Crossroads Music Series. So this is the best of area where we actually get to condense and go a little bit deeper into things with some of the artists that we were able to interview earlier in the year. This week, we have Kwame Remy along with Burgundy later on in the week. But uh, starting with Kwame, who's a Brooklyn boy. Big ups to Brooklyn, yo. You know what I'm saying? This is a Brooklyn boy from New York. And uh, we're going to touch in on, uh, I guess, his approach to the music industry, his start, where he started, when he started. We might even ask him what his favorite drink is or something like that, you know? Kind of piggyback off of the last episode and keep that going. I mean, because drinks are always relevant. I mean, like, my drink of choice this week is Woodford Reserve. Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. And uh, last week, what was it? Snoop's Cali Red from 19 Crimes. And before that was Bird Dog Whiskey, flavored whiskey. I'm halfway through that joint right now, which is awful to say. But I am, and I'm having a great time. But uh, whiskey is actually good for the vocals. It's good for the voice. Um, Clears all that gunk and everything else going on in your throat out. I mean, obviously, if you drink within moderation, you have more than the needed (laughs) amount you will cause more phlegm than get rid of phlegm. Just to recap on what we were talking about last week with uh, Cody and Mike, talked about where they were from, their voice, their voice type, what they do to maintain the type of voice that they have. And uh, once again, we uh, talked about uh, how the pandemic has affected them and their thoughts through the pandemic. Of course, my favorite, their favorite drink. I think uh, Cody's was, what was it, Shinerbach? And Mike was mixing some fruity concoction. (laughs) <laughs> a little sugar in this tank on that drink, I guess, so to speak. <laughs> this week, we want to kind of touch on the uh, the artist's experience through the music industry, what they've gone through, maybe some uh, happenings that happened to them on their journey, on their way. So let's see what Kwame has to say, at least start us off for the after talk. How did you start singing or when was that that you started singing? What was the thing that kind of boosted you to go in that direction? I started singing at a young age, and maybe around three or four, just around the house. Darling, darling. And my mom and my dad are both from the island of Trinidad and Tobago, so my household was always filled with music. Um, we had uh, a record player back then. Uh, back before iPods and all that good stuff, there was a record player. And my mom had her stack of records. 
dad had his stack of records. And I had my little 45s where they'd buy me, which I couldn't touch their stuff, but I had my own collection of stuff. And I just remembered playing records and singing along to them and pretending I was on stage. And that was the first inkling that I wanted to be a singer. And then, of course, church. Yeah. I was involved in the youth choir and the kids' choir. And then that kind of cultivated the gift. And before you knew it, I was trying to pursue it. Yeah, I hear that. When you sang, did you like sing to like a, a brush or a room? Or what, what was it that you were singing on? Initially, it was a brush. And then my mom and my godmom bought me a microphone that you can uh, tune the radio dial to. Oh, okay. The radio. And uh, I was like, okay, I kind of like this. I'm on the radio now. Okay. And that kind of started the whole thing. Oh, yeah. did you hear your voice through that? You can hear your voice through the radio. Yeah. Oh, you you were far way ahead of me. Yeah, I don't think I touched anything like that. Of course, my mom wasn't, wasn't trying to hear me singing. She was like, shut up, you yelling. <laughs> oh, I had those moments too. I had those moments of, you're too loud. That's too high. It's too, yeah. too much noise. <laughs> Save it for church. You're straining. <laughs> <laughs> That puts you on a path through the industry and whatnot, through entertainment. Now, let's talk about your voice a little bit, because to me, it's such a different type of voice than what I'm used to, the rugged sound that I'm used to growing up with this, this Baptist church down here in the, in the red clay state of Georgia. It's, it's such a wide voice. Like, I know many times you consider yourself a, a baritone second tenor or a baritone or whatnot. I hear flexions from your bass voice all the way up until, like, I would say a, an alto. Uh, is that a is that like a flip that you do with your voice? Or can you explain that just a little bit? I like to classify myself as a baritone, but I'm really a tenor. I'm comfortable singing lower, but I love to go up and do tricks and come back down. Exactly. As I develop, I learned that I have a wide range I can use, depending on what I'm being asked to sing and what type of style I'm being asked to sing in. What, uh, what style leads you to sing higher versus lower? If I'm doing, I feel like if I'm doing pop, rock, or soul, or gospel, I'm comfortable singing higher in my register. If I'm doing things that are more classically based, I prefer to sing in my lower register. Gotcha, gotcha. Or my lower, lower mid-register. I would, I would probably say the same for my voice. Why you always lying? But I don't go that high. But I mean, when I do sing higher than what I'm, I'm usually comfortable singing. It usually is in some of those styles. What are some of your main influences? Uh, because obviously there's a influence of Stevie Wonder with your voice that I've heard over the years and that you still uh, put out. Who would you say, let's say, name five of your top vocal inspirations? Now, I hate when you do this to me. Five? Really? Uh... Well, we can say seven, but I would say five. <laughs> Top five. Okay. Stevie Wonder, of course. Uh-huh. Al Jarreau. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Donny Hathaway. Shaka Khan. Okay, okay. And I would say Rochelle Farrell. And Michael Jackson too, so that's number six. That's number six, okay. Uh, and I remember listening to him, uh, Donny Hathaway, mm -hmm. uh, Isaac Hayes, growing up. Um, believe it or not, Johnny Mathis. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I was uh, Nat King Cole. So I, I remember listening to all these different singers because each singer had their own style and their own way of phrasing things, and each of them had their different colors. And so I was trying to copy what they did uh -huh. and try to figure out how to create that same sound. Of course, of course. Uh -huh. With with doing all of that and with these things that you brought up, what is probably your favorite style singer? That's hard. 
because I'm a fusion boy. I like to mix okay. things. So it's then what, what styles would you feel that are? I love R&B, I love jazz, I love gospel, and I love blues. So, so a combination of all those is kind of what I, you know. And have you ever dilly-dallied or stayed in strictly in one of those uh, styles? I recorded years ago uh -huh. in the house music style, which is Soulful House. Okay. House. My, in my early formative years of training, when I was in college, I had released a couple of R&B singles as well. So I did a lot of R&B soul, and then it went into being house soul. It's funny, I had initially set out to be a gospel jazz recording artist. Okay. That was the goal. That was going to be my thing. And um, But my love of theater kept pulling me back. Understood. So I kept going back to musical theater. It's a fusion that right now my music is a fusion of everything. And, and now musical theater is just so full of all different types of styles. Yeah. I mean, when we were coming up as kids, it was maybe two styles that you kind of went between with music yeah. theater, but it has grown so much since then. So the thing about me and Kwame, we've known each other for 20 plus years uh, when we were kids. Uh, and I'll leave that at that. <laughs> but um, we got a chance to do a lot of gigs together, a lot of shows together. Um, we also were very blessed to be able to do some tours together to be like housemates and roommates, like overseas, Germany, Holland, the UK, all oh, the list goes on throughout Europe or whatnot. There are a few adventures that we've had that are quite hilarious. And um, let's see what our conversation is to talk a little bit about some of those experiences that we had. I could take the fond memory. Our journey to try to find a New Year's Eve kickoff. Oh, man. Do you remember? We got on the wrong train, right? We got yeah. on, like, the Express, and we were supposed to get on the local. Yep. And the Express passed all the way where we needed to be, right? Where did, we, did we end up in Dortmund? I think that's where we were trying to go. Where did we end up? We ended up coming back to Bacchusha. Yeah. We didn't make it to where we were trying to go. We didn't make yeah, it. Yeah, you made it back to the hotel by um, New Year's Eve. <laughs> and I made it to a strip club. Good, I want to see you. <laughs> I'm, there. I'm tired. I'm going home. I'm done. I'm done. That was like a, almost like a five-hour process. We was it was. Like, we left at like noon. Yeah. To we try probably to get got back at about maybe 10 or 11. Yeah. But I mean, it was it was touch and go for a second. We were scared that we were going to miss it because the guy was like, we had to get off on the next stop because that was the wrong train. Right. And I think we tried to wait for the next train to go in that same direction. But then we were like, OK, well, this is not happening. So we tried to come back and, and we then we got a cab for a little while. Right. Yeah. We got cab back. Yeah. That is so, so funny. After that, we were able to do... The Soul Show in London. London and Holland. Holland Gold Soul was London and then when it came to um, Holland it was a Saturday Night of the Movie. Yep. Cast of, uh, was it six? Six of us. Six of us. Six and of then, us with uh, uh, a full band, so I want to say that was probably about what, three, four, five, six, six. seven, eight, nine, about ten band ten, members. Ten piece, yeah. Yeah, so about a ten piece with six uh, performers. Oh, that was that was great. That was that great. Was it's so underrated. We didn't let any time go by without taking advantage of something that was gonna lift our spirits. <laughs> but I remember there was someone that you were very fond of that we saw on the show. And um, I remember going to see the show and I think it was just me and you that saw the show because Harry was off to do his own thing. Harry was like, Waldo, where's Waldo, where's Harry? 
And we caught a lot of shows in the West End during that time. Oh, we, we caught as many as we were interested in. I mean, because we were there for a nice minute. But I knew there was somebody that was a performer that caught your eye. And you're like, they're looking at me. They're looking at me. Or they're looking at you. I was like, no, they're not looking at me. I think they're looking at you. And then you're like, oh, my God. You know, and then I think we, we looked them up and saw that they, I mean, because this was when social media was like, it was still kind of fresh. It was still kind of new. I so. think at the time it was MySpace. MySpace, yeah. The good old days, the good yeah. old days. So only certain people had Facebook. Dating ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And we were going to like internet cafes looking, going yep. on. I mean, it was, oh, such a strange time. But we, we you know, we spent our money trying to stay, uh, stay on, you know, relevant and uh, connected, yeah. Connected, so to speak. Thank you. But we end up seeing that performer walking through the city of London. And I think at this time, Harry was with us. Along Harry with somebody else, I think, and I don't remember who that was. Um, I think it was Josephine. Was it? Mm-hmm. So, and, and then Sharon went there. It was just me, you, Harry, and Josephine? I think Sharon came as well. They were in another, they were in, in another shop getting so to Maybe we are going to visit them or meet yeah. them or meet up with them. I think it was me, you, and Kwame, and okay, or maybe Josephine that was standing there. I believe you tell me. I mean, you, Harry, you're Kwame. Um, <laughs> And then I think we were telling Harry the story. I almost want to say that the story was so fresh that we had just gotten through talking about it. And that person appeared. And that person appeared. And it was like, oh my God, there they are. Harry was like, oh, he said, well, we should, we should go introduce ourselves. And you were like, no, 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 don't do that. I'm not, I'm not, don't play. And I mean, you were very adamant of not being a part of that introduction. And I want to be, I want to look to Harry because, you know, me and Harry were like, like brothers then. So we would just, it would just be a look and we were like, think what I'm thinking? Yeah, let's do this. And so I think we were about to just go approach. We got to the person <laughs> and said, hey, you know, it's so great to meet you. I saw you in the show the other night. You were so great. You were so amazing. Our friend Kwame. Now, folks, it was just that quick of a time. <laughs> we're on a, a street on Soho that we said exactly what I just said. Hey, so nice to meet you. Wonderful performer. I got a chance to see your show the other night. I thought you were so great. My friend Kwame. Kwame was gone, y'all. I, I mean, Flash ain't got nothing on the speed that this guy took. And we did not see him leave. We did not see him dip out. I think that we call you on a cell phone or text you or something. Well, did we have cell phones then? I was five blocks away. Yeah, you like, I'm five blocks away in this little store. Yep. <laughs> I've never seen anybody so shy. But that, oh. was, uh, that was a highlight of... Uh, you still laugh about, we still laugh about that to this day, but I was petrified. I was like, I gotta go. Uh-uh, we're not doing this. <laughs> that was too funny, man. Memories, memories, memories. Like the corners of my mind. <laughs> oh, that was kind of cheesy. Whatever. I can clown myself, too. <laughs> well, um, it's so funny to hear somebody that has such a big personality, how they just get very shy and kind of ball up into a little ball when they get around their taster's choice or their eye candy if you could say it that way, kind of like an extrovert, introvert, two-sided coin. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, we have so many other stories, but I mean, some of this stuff, we will be, be here forever if we try to tell you everything, or some of the stuff is not made for everyone's ears. The thing about Kwame is he started off a little bit earlier in his career doing stuff like recording and musicals and everything like that. Um, his recording career, to my knowledge, started when he was doing some of the tours that uh, he was on for musicals. He was able to touch on that earlier in his career. I wonder if he's able to bring us in and show us a little bit of what that journey down that road to get to that point or to even get to this point was like. Let's listen in. Let's speak a little bit because you, sp you spoke about recording. 
let's speak a little bit about your recording, uh, I guess, career or process or experience. So this is a funny story. Some years ago, I was touring with Jesus Christ Superstar and we were, yeah. we had to sit down in Munich, Germany. And I had a friend who lived in Munich at the time and she was like this major house recording artist. She was internationally known. But I'm known to rock the microphone. And a friend of mine uh, who also had lived in Germany and had toured and did stuff in Germany had connected us because he knew my tour was going to be there sitting down for a couple of months. He was like, you guys need to meet each other, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So as you know, when you're on tour, you do your show and then you go out and you have you enjoy the nightlife because we're night, we were creatures of the night. So we went out one night to this club called the Blub Club in Munich, Germany. And it was this live singer singing with a DJ. And I'm like, oh, this is really dope. Okay, what's up? This is hot. So we're on the dance floor, we're cutting the rug. <laughs> and then someone goes, oh, this is the cast of Jesus Christ Superstars here. And we're like, yay! And so this she goes, you're Kwame, right? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, I'm Sabrina. I'm so-and-so's friend. We've, we've been meeting to meet up. I was like, oh, what's up? She goes, I'm about to take a break, but here, I want you to do me a favor. I says, okay, what? She goes, she can't say microphone and walks away. She goes, you know what to do. And I'm like, um, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? And so the DJ's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I just started riffing and oohing and eyeing on it. And next thing you know, um, a week or two later, that same producer reached out to me, let's work on some music. Okay. And so I went to his studio. Just for fun, not expect it wasn't something I was looking to go do or I was trying to be signed. It just happened to be a circumstance of me going into the studio, writing a song, us vibing, and then a couple years later it was out on the charts. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah. How many uh albums or songs have you released? Um I released uh three uh, singles mm -hmm. and I did two guest vocal spots and two other DJs uh, projects over the, the last couple of years. Let me raise my glass to that. Listen. You know what I'm saying? Cheers. Hey, hey, cheers. Cheers to you. I don't have any liquor, and I think it's so rude to uh, cheers with anything less than, but I do have a glass, and so I will- Just raise your glass then. <laughs> I got some liquid in there. I won't even say what it is, but what have you learned, good or bad, or good and or bad, um, during the pandemic about yourself? I have learned that my peace is priceless and that I can't allow anyone, family, friend, or foe, shake that. Okay. And if that sometimes means you can't, I can't pick up the phone, I can't pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. Because my peace of mind is priceless. Especially in times like this, where for months in hand, we were sequestered to our apartments or our, our, our yeah. rooms for, for, for two, was it two, three months, where you can really yeah. couldn't go anywhere. Ah! That's a lot. That, that's going to have your anxiety at 20. And when you have folks bringing their own drama, issues, conflicts, problems. Opinions, judgment, yeah. And you want to be there for everybody. And I'm a person, I, I want to be there for everybody as much as I can. And sometimes that's uh, at a detriment to me. So during this, this entire pandemic, I've learned how to put my peace of mind mm -hmm. ahead of everything else. Mm -hmm. And that's probably why I'm sitting here today talking to you in sound mind. Yeah, creasing a little bit of a... Not the pad, painting, painting walls with things.
Well, on behalf of Up With It On With Productions, we'd like to thank you for hanging out for our meeting at the Crossroads after talk. Now, your attention and time is much appreciated, and we look forward to having you checking in for more later on. Remember, success is only an arm's length away. Stay safe, stay home if you can, and if not, keep practicing social distance with a healthy and cautious way of life. Up with it on with folks. After talk, what's the haps? What's the scoop? What's going on? After talk, it's the after talk.